What is up, guys? Welcome to The Real Build. I'm your host, Bill Ryman, your broker builder. What I'm going to be doing with this show is actually showing you guys what exactly you need to look for prior to buying, building, selling, or even renting a home. I'm going to bring in some of the top people in the industry so we can dive deeper into discussion about these topics and really give you guys the tools you need to learn and know prior to making one of the biggest purchases of your lifetime. So with that being said, guys, welcome to The Real Build. Real Build, I'm your host, Bill Ryman, your broker builder, and today I have a guest coming from New York City. He is a co-founder of KJ Consulting. He is a real estate entrepreneur with hands-on experience as an investor, capital raiser, and a coach, which we're going to get into heavy today. Beginning with baseball cards, which we're going to also talk about because that's one of my passions <laughs> too, at age six. He, he has been a lifetime investor using his high, his high school job at a hardware store to fund his first brokerage account at age 14. Impressive. After almost a decade of working on Wall Street, he began investing in real estate in 2018 when he realized that he wanted to achieve financial and personal freedom through rethinking of his core goals. He worked intensively under the mentorship of KJ, a co-founder of KR. He went from zero to 60 units in under two years while investing in multiple cities. He's extremely interested in self-development, myself included, which we'll get into that too, and helping others reach their full potential through looking within themselves to find their innate worth and gifts. Joe Mears, thank you for coming on. Heck of an intro, brother. Welcome to The Real Build. Thank you. <laughs> but yeah, I was going to say, I'm going to hire you to come around with me to all my events. Thank you so much for the kind words. Yeah, it's great to be here. Yeah, appreciate your time today. I've had, like, so with you, and we're just going to obviously see where the conversation goes. I've had quite a few investors on my show, uh, you know, from home flippers to multifamily and so on. So with you, I kind of, I really want to get, deeper into it for the audience. Uh, I feel like obviously my show is more directed towards kind of the consumer, the client. Um, mm-hmm. So obviously what you're doing is so important. Real estate is crazy right now. Uh, there's a lot of people diving into what you're doing. You're obviously a coach at it. Uh, you've had a lot of success since a young age. So that's why I'm, I definitely wanted to have you on today. So I'm pumped, but with all that being said, let's let's hear about your background a little bit. So who is Joe Mears? <laughs> well, so you, you you brought up the baseball card stuff. But yeah, I've always kind of uh, had a mind for investing. Like always just was like into money, I guess. I remember one time growing up, my mom caught me trying to sell my old clothes to my younger siblings when I was like five. And she was like, what are you doing? Like, you're not we're not doing this. We're not having a yard sale inside the house. So, uh, yeah, I've always been into this kind of stuff uh, with the baseball cards. I remember the highlight of my month was getting that Beckett, that the Beckett pricing book. And uh, <laughs> when I was probably like 12 or 13, my dad was just like, you know that you can have this feeling every day if you just look at the newspaper, but you got to look at companies instead of baseball cards. So that was how I got into stocks. And um, yeah, ever since then, I've kind of just been into investing. But I think uh, growing up, one thing that I was really good at that has helped me a lot uh, from an investing standpoint. And I didn't realize I had this skill growing up, but it kind of became clear to me after I got into self-development is that I've always been kind of good at like visualizing a goal and then going for it and just, you know, manifesting it uh, 
kind of just like assuming that it's going to happen and then manifesting it. So like I grew up like super chubby to the point where like I had a, uh, a doctor's appointment one time around the time where I opened that brokerage account where the doctor like grabbed onto my rolls and he was like, you like mom's home cooking, don't you? And I was like, I was like, uh, yeah, I do. I don't know. But, um, so at that point I was like, I'm, can, can we curse on this? Podcast? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I, was, I was just like, I'm tired of this shit. Like I want to, I want to get in shape. So, uh, I bought two five pound dumbbells. I started working out and, uh, my freshman year of high school, I grew like three inches and lost like 25 pounds. So, I've always been someone who just like wants to do, wants to change, wants to change things up. I was always like a really nice kid growing up. I was an alt, literally like an altar server. And when I got to college, I wanted to get into boxing. And my friends and family were like, are you sure you don't want to get into boxing? Cause I was just like, I'm like a really like nice, like wholesome kid. And I was like, I'm going to show these people. So I got in, I got into this boxing tournament, I ended up knocking multiple people out. Like I ended up winning the tournament. So that was another thing I did. And then even when I started with real estate, it was like, People are like, because I, I started investing in Indiana and I live in Manhattan and people were just like, why are you buying houses in the middle of nowhere, Indiana? Um, and I had a couple of people that were on my side, but most people were just like, are you okay? Like, are you having like a quarter life crisis or something? And uh, I, you know, I, did, I just knew that I could make it work and I, and I did it. So that's, um, I guess that's like a quick background on like how, like who I am, like how I think about stuff. Yeah, no, and it's impressive, man, because I mean, let's start obviously with the sports cards too. I mean, I was, I was the same way growing up. I always, and growing up as a kid too, I always found different ways to kind of make some money because obviously growing up too, I've talked about my past is I always had to work for what I wanted. I, and yeah. you know, I mean, even as a little kid, I remember just finding like golf balls on the side of the side of a golf course and, and just reselling them to golfers, you know, nice. always trying to figure out something. I mean, I've said this in college uh, when I played football, I was always broke. Uh, and I'd find ways to make some money. One of the times I used like a girl's bra wire in the quarter slot and I washed it. <laughs> I charged some of the other football nice. players less nice. to do their washing loads. That's probably illegal. So we'll just, but anyway, um, but no, I mean, with the sports card thing too, like growing up as a kid, we, we traded them. We weren't really thinking like investment wise. It's crazy where they're at now. I mean, they're actually an investment or an asset now yeah. because our generation grew up with them. And they're just exploding, but it's just like you figured out ways and that kind of led you to where you are today too. Um, you know, and you said another thing too, visualization, like, you know, kind of dreaming and, and, and reality would always happen as you were growing up as a kid from being mm -hmm. overweight to, you know, getting in shape and proving people wrong. You always kind of put that chip on your shoulder too. Um, yeah which is kind of now you're proving people wrong and in, in the real estate space as well. I, I'm the same way. Uh, you know, it, it just seems like the more success you have and the climb up to it, people ask you why, why are you doing this? Or the one thing I hear constantly is how do you have time to do all this? Right. You know, yeah. and, and what I've really started appreciating more than anything is my time and how I spend it. Like me and you were just talking, you said you don't have cable. Like that's another thing. That's probably a waste of time to you when you're, you can be doing something else to better your time. So. Definitely. definitely. Yeah. I mean, I think uh, this is a phrase that I really like where it's uh, like, man has two lives. The first one begins when he's born. The second one begins when he realizes he only has one. And I think I went through that um, around the time where I started to get into real estate, because it's funny, like once you get into self-development, you start to think about, like there's always like something about money in the self-development and then 
usually when someone's trying to build wealth, like it always comes back. I mean, not always, but almost always comes back to real estate. So, um, yeah, but the time stuff is huge. I mean, I, 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 another phrase that I like is like, you can't manage time, but you can manage your actions. Um, and I remember it's funny, like in high school, I was, I was, I was a big nerd growing up. Like I always got good grades and I, you know, I was like a very uh, studious kid growing up. And uh, I had this day planner in high school that they sold in the bookstore. And I would just like write down my homework and I would just pick the easiest one and just knock it out. Like next thing, knock it out. And uh, I didn't know like what an important skill that was until I stopped doing it. Cause I got into college and started like partying and stuff. And all of a sudden you have all this free time. Mm-hmm. But once I got into real estate, really got back into that. And uh, yeah, you really just have to like, you have to have an action oriented mindset. Otherwise the, the days, the weeks, the months, they just slip away from you. It's, it's kind of crazy. Yeah. And it's crazy too. And the more you keep doing stuff and to better yourself and so on, you, like I said, you appreciate time because it's like you blink and it's like, man, it's 1230 at night. I, you know, I got to wake yeah. up at this, you know, and you exactly. wake up and do it all over again. And the days yep. fly by. I mean, I say with the building business and the same in real estate too. It's like, you know, you start on a project uh, and it's like, we're doing bigger homes and they take a while here down in Florida and then mm-hmm. I blink and they're done. It's like, you know, 18 yeah. months later, I'm like, man, I remember talking to these people. That was two and a half years ago when I yeah. started and it's boom, you know, you're done. That's, that's so true. I mean, that's how I feel with starting in real estate too. When I started, I was like, oh, it's going to take so long to get all these props. Cause I had like, from the, from the get go, I had like big aspirations about, how much I wanted, how much cash flow I wanted to have and all this stuff. And the funny thing is um, most people don't start to try stuff like this because it's going to, they say, Oh, it's going to take too long. But the funny thing is that the time passes anyway. So it's like, you may as well just, you may as well just start and see where it goes. But uh, yeah, I think, um, I think one thing that kind of helps with slowing the time down a little bit, because, you know, especially with how, uh, digitized everything is nowadays and how accessible we are. I try to take like an hour a day where I'm just out. I'm like off the grid. And I think, uh, having that time to kind of actually like let your thoughts percolate, like let what's actually going on in your, in your mind, uh, kind of ruminate a little bit. Uh, it actually, for me, it, it, it makes it seem like, uh, I'm getting more life out of my day because, you know, if you just are constantly like screen, 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 it just, it just goes. Yeah, I'm a big advocate of that, too. At least give, dedicating a little time to just being alone and kind of shutting everything down. I really learned I just did 75 hard and you have to do a 45 minute outdoor workout while mine I do an outdoor walk. And that would kind of be my time just to shut everything down you know, not be on anything, not be on social media, just yeah. away from it all. And just kind of whether I'm visualizing or doing something alone, uh, you know, it's just, it, it, I actually looked forward to that. To that. Oh my God. Yeah. It's the best. Cause yeah. you realize like, honestly, I think sometimes people don't realize that the way that we live nowadays, and I say we like the general population is like, it's not really living because you're constantly like in your head thinking about stuff. Mm-hmm. like you know or you're or you're or you're totally um like using escapism by like just watching netflix non-stop and you're just like living something you know what i mean like if you go for a walk without anything and you were like oh that's like a cool tree or like those are some nice flowers like you're actually like taking in the things around you and it's i don't know it's cool once you get into that stuff it makes you uh i think it just makes you a happier person in general 
Yeah. And it makes you appreciate stuff too and really reflect on, on things. And it's, 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 I recommend it to everybody. I mean, some form of meditation or quiet or something too, especially if you're uh, working like nonstop business, you just need it. It's, it's yeah. to get away. It's a good mental reset, but I saw your, I saw your transformation pick that hard 75 worked well for you. Apparently I don't, what, what all, what all is in that besides the, the walk? Um, two 45 minute workouts. So Andy Frisilla, uh, I'm part of the Arte syndicate. Uh, he actually was the creator of 75 hard. So there's a lot of guys in this group called the Arte syndicate, which is a big entrepreneurial group. And, and basically a lot of guys did it. I was always kind of putting it off for, it was like two years, I think, um, that I kept just making excuses. Like I had this event coming up or this thing was coming up or I, you know, plus being in real estate, being around people, construction, you know, I'm a social drinker. So like going oh, to yeah. events, stuff like or the, that. Or the sandwich truck. Yeah. Yeah. That, and <laughs> just like, you know, so I kept putting it off and finally I got to the point where I was like, all right, I got to do this. Like I need it and so on. So you know, it, it, it basically what it, what it involves is two workouts, 45 minutes each. Uh, one has to be outdoors, a uh, gallon of water a day, which I kind of do normally, mm-hmm. uh, 10 pages of a self-development book each day, and then also a progress picture each day. You don't have to post it online. It's just mm-hmm. you know, keep track of your kind of results. And then I think I'm missing something. So, oh, you got to, of course, the biggest part. No drinking at all, no alcohol. Oh, okay. You gotta stick to a diet too. So no cheat meals. Wow. Go out to, if you fail any one of those tasks, you gotta start all over again. You fail. Oh damn, okay. Yeah. That's all or nothing. Yeah, that's it's all good. or nothing. Congrats then. Yeah. You can tell the people that failed because their their pictures usually don't resemble what you know the hell they went through. But it really if oh, you gosh. do I mean it'll really eat at you. It should eat at you if you do fail something um because i mean that's yeah. a, a mental challenge more than anything like it really mm-hmm. physical obviously comes out of it but it's more mental than anything getting your schedule down and it really did like i said appreciate of time like spe- how i spend my time what i'm doing obviously i have a girlfriend okay i gotta dedicate time to her i know what time she goes likes to go to sleep so then at <laughs> that time i go back to you know now i'm doing cards and that's kind of when i do my card business or and yeah, a video or do podcasts. So it's, it's good, man. I recommend it to everybody it really structures you yeah. and keeps you in line because you got to like stay on that momentum mm-hmm. and that schedule. A constant reminder. And yeah. I think, I think they say it takes like 30 to 60 days to build a habit. So it's probably oh, yeah. just long enough where those things get embedded. Yeah. Did, did oh, you yeah. celebrate when you finished? Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. Yeah, right? yeah, okay. I, I, it, like it was like one beer or whatever I was feeling it. So oh, absolutely. Yeah. Anyway, but anyway, it's like nice. But no, I definitely celebrate. But I can, I definitely see the differences too. Like I'm still eating very clean. I'm I'm very still staying strict. I I gotta work out in the morning. So that's just part of who I am. Mm-hmm. Like this morning, I had to be up early. Then I had to take my dog to the vet, so I didn't have a chance to work out. But I, I'm probably gonna do it after this. But mm-hmm. it just like, not working out in the morning, I could feel it. So there's a lot of stuff that it, habits are formed. Yes, and it's it's just so beneficial. To, that's awesome. For sure. Yes, yeah, it sounds like it. let's get back into you um so why real estate that's one question 
Yeah. I really wanted to ask you out of everything you could have done. Obviously there's so many benefits to real estate, but why real estate and why coach people too? Yeah, that's a great question. So um, the reality is when I hit 30, I think sometimes when you hit the round numbers, you start to get like uh, introspective, retros- retrospective, reflective, I guess is the word I'm looking for. Um, and I was like, you know, what do I, ha- what do I have to show for my twenties? And the reality is I, you know, I had, luckily I had good mentors like my dad and my, my uncle always told me to live below my means. So I'd been saving a lot of the money that I was making. <clears throat> my nine to five is I work on wall street. I, I have a, an equity research job, which basically is I, I cover 20 technology companies and we tell our clients who are like hedge funds and pension funds, whether or not we think they should buy or sell the stock and we give them like our insights. And we, you know, we talk to the management teams, things like that. So I've been saving up. But the, the future of a career in finance is not what it used to be. Things kind of changed uh, around you know, the time of the financial crisis. Um, when I got into, so I graduated from, from college in 2010. And when I got into college, essentially what the seniors told us was, look, you get a 3-4, you can pick from the bulge brackets. You can work anywhere you want. You can go you know, do M&A banking. You can do work at a, a trading firm, whatever. Financial crisis happens, and then it's like you're not even getting a look unless you have like a three eight or a three nine. So I actually graduated without a job, and then I took the uh, the CFA exam. Um, about three weeks after I graduated, the level one of the CFA, which is a Chartered Financial Analyst, if you guys aren't uh, familiar with it, and it's a three part test. So like those three weeks were like probably the worst three weeks of my life. So I was cramming like everything I learned in college. I studied finance for three weeks, and I took this test. I ended up getting a job at a Spanish investment bank uh, the September after I graduated. And so I went through the, like the whole, you know, work on wall street. Like I did so the first job was debt capital markets. And then I've worked at this equity research position for literally seven and a half years now. Um, but about three years ago, I just, you know, had this moment where I was like, I need to figure out something where I'm not working till I'm 60 because I don't see myself doing this for the long term. And the reality is if you want to live in New York, you have to make a certain amount of money to get comfortable if you want to have a family, right? So uh, around this time, I'd also gotten into self-development. Um, you know, I talked about how I got into shape when I was younger, but like in my mid twenties, I, I kind of like went off the rails. I uh, was, you know, drinking probably more than I, I was definitely drinking more than I should have. Like I had those habits from college and then, you know, you're going out, you're eating pizza, you're eating bagels in the morning. It's New York. There's like the best bagels in the country here, uh, best pizza. And then I'm eating like, uh, you know, bacon, egg and cheese and stuff from the, from the cart. So I actually got big again. And then I got sleep apnea and I just like had kind of lost my way a little bit. Like I didn't have my goals anymore. Cause when I was growing up, I was always like, all right, I want to, I want to lose weight. And then it's like, I want to get into, uh, I always wanted to go to Notre Dame. So like I got into Notre Dame and I went there for college. And then after school was like, all right, I got to, I got to finish this test. So I finished the CFA exam, the three parts, or I think I was 24, 25. And then there was this like three or four year span where I kind of just like was goalless. And I think that when you don't have structure or direction, you kind of get listless and then you're, you're kind of just, get depressed. And honestly, like I was overweight, I was depressed. I had sleep apnea, like I wasn't sleeping enough. And I was just like, I need to, I need to do something here. So I got into self-development and that kind of made me realize, okay, if I want to like get my life back, I need to have financial freedom. 
how do I get financial freedom? And the thing that I just kept coming up over and over and over again was not crypto and not GameStop, but real estate. So I, I started, I started like trying to figure out how to get into real estate and I got super lucky. So I, I always say like when the student's ready, the teacher appears. And there was this guy that was working out of our Boston office around the time where I decided I wanted to get into real estate. And a couple of other guys in our office had heard that he was killing it. Like he had been investing in Philadelphia since 2009. Um, and so he was nice enough to do a phone call with us. And I remember I was on vacation, uh, with my family up in uh, Cape Cod and I went into the parking lot and I took the call and I was expecting like, I don't know, I, I wasn't expecting what happened. I was expecting something like super complex that I wasn't gonna be able to do, but I wanted to, you know, be courteous cause he was being nice enough to take some time out of his weekend to talk to us. But then he started explaining his process and I was like, Oh shit. Like this is super straightforward. He's just a really hardworking guy. He's got good interpersonal skills and he's got a goal. Like he's, he's just going for it. And so, uh, we joke that like he, it's like the best and worst phone call ever happened to him because I started annoying the hell out of him. Like every day after that, like texting him, asking him questions. And, uh, you know, I just lucked out that he was cool. Like the type of person that just instantly started mentoring me and coaching me. So that conversation was August of 2018. And I bought my first rental property in October of 2018. And then, uh, yeah, we ended that. That's KR. That's my my business partner. We ended up uh, growing the relationship. I became one of his debt investors, and I became uh, an equity partner with him. And then we decided to, because um, I'm not a rocket scientist. And once I realized like this was a portable framework that he had, I was like, we should teach people how to do this. Like people want people want this result. They want financial independence. Um, and so we put together uh, this this. I think it's an amazing program that you know, you can take in a day and we, uh, basically we give you the, we'd say like, we give you the glove. All you gotta do is put it on. It's like the power glove from Nintendo back in the day. But yeah. That's, that's kind of like the, the genesis of why I got into real estate. For those of you guys that are listening that don't know what Nintendo is, <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, no, I mean, I, like I can relate to you in a lot of ways off your story. Like I was the same way, like getting out of college, drinking, doing, you know, like just having no place, no kind of nowhere to go, no goals, nothing, just kind of just doing what I could to make some money, uh, getting by. And, and it really took like a lot, like I went through a lot prior to going into self-development and then when I finally did, I finally got some structure and trying to figure out, okay, I got to lay out my goals. I got to, I got to have a plan uh, for my future. Um, you know, once you, especially like you said, once you kind of hit 30, you're like, all right, what, what the hell am I doing here? Yeah. You know, and you, realize you don't have unlimited time. Exactly. And it's like, I wish I would have done a lot of this in my twenties, but Hey, you know, it, it, it is what it is oh. and there's no looking back on it, but I relate to you in a lot of, a lot of ways of what your story uh, is and everything, you know, as far as, you know, coaching and everything and mentoring and so on, let's start here. So I've had past investors on, I'm personally not a real estate investor. I invest in other stuff. I'm always making my, I'm a big believer in making your money work. Obviously a home builder. Yes. Uh, pro, we have spec home projects, stuff like that. But as far as multifamily, all that kind of stuff, I, I've had past guests on and they've spoke about it too. But it's like, that's something that's very intimidating to somebody that mm -hmm. has little to no money. They don't think about, all right, I can buy a 10 
unit uh, building with 10 doors and, and rent at this amount and this amount, that's a lot to go into somebody's mind or head and so on. A lot of people, I mean, but what you're doing is great. And that's why I want to have you on. So it's like, what is the process for somebody, you know, that doesn't have a lot of money? Like how, you know, they take your course, they learn, uh, okay, now is, are you teaching them what to do as far as financially, where to get money? What if they can't get money because yeah. they have horrible credit? What, what do they do? Yeah, no, that's a great question. So we go through all this stuff in our course, but the reality is we always say like in real estate, you really need two of three things to be super successful. The first of those things is grit, right? You have to work your ass off. So regardless yeah. of you know whether you have money or not, like if you're willing to work your ass off, you can you can make uh, opportunities for yourself. The second one is experience or knowledge, right? So obviously when you're first starting out, you don't have either of those things. You can get knowledge through the transference of experience uh, from some from someone like a coach, or you can just read it or you can read a lot of books. Like I'm very into like the, the cool, one of the coolest parts I thought of what you were describing in the hard 75 is the reading every day. I do the same thing. Like I try to read uh, 10 pages of real estate stuff every single day. So do you have grit or experience? And the second, and the last one is, is money. Like you definitely do need money. Like it's a capital intensive business, but if you have two of the, two of those three things, you can make it work. So like my business partner growing up, he grew up in abject poverty. Like he literally had no money um, uh, to the point where he was you know homeless at some, at, at some points of his, of his childhood, but he busted his ass and he learned as much as he could. And he had a ton of grit. So when he, when the time came, you know, he scraped, he figured out how to scrape the money together. But I think people, I think people in general just overestimate how much money you really need to get started. So just to give you kind of a case study, the first house that I purchased out in Indiana was $50,000. Uh, so five, yeah, five zero. So it was a two bed, one bath. Uh, I put 25% down. So 12 and a half thousand down. And then we always say that you want to buy places that we call them easy, breezy, beautiful cover girl houses that like, it's not a tough rental on the first one. You don't want to do a full gut on your first, on your first rental property. So the place needed, you know, it needed some paint. It needed some new flooring, you know, a little bit of touch up here on the windows, nothing crazy. So the whole rehab, because it was in Indiana, it's like cost of labor is cheaper out there. cost of supplies cheaper. The whole rehab was like five grand. So when you factor in like closing costs and everything, I'm out of pocket for $20,000. Now I'm not saying that's chump change, but to get started, it's not, it's, I think most people think you need like a hundred or $200,000 to get started in real estate. The reality is you just don't need that. And then with the, I don't know if you're, if you guys talk about the Burr method on here anymore, but it's like you buy refinance, uh, rent, uh, sorry, buy rent, sorry, buy rehab, rent, refinance, repeat. So basically you buy a place under market, you buy a distressed asset in a, in an area that's kind of, that's, you know, a good area. Um, and then you rehab it, increase the value. So on that house in particular, um, six months later, I did a refinancing. So it appraised for 67,000 or yeah, $67,000. So basically I got a check for, uh, for 10 grand. So I got half of my initial investment out of it on my first one. And I can take that 10,000 and roll it into another, another property. So we're really big on uh, refinancing. Like we don't flip anything. Uh, we always say it's really tough to find great investments. So we're holding it for the long, the long term. We want that monthly cash flow. And when you do a refi versus selling or flipping a property, you don't pay taxes on that money that you, that you pull out. So um, yeah, I think, I think, to, you know, in order to get started, we always say this too, like you don't have to be great to get started, but you got to start to be great and you got to start somewhere. So 
uh, I think the reality is people kind of just overestimate how much they really do need to, 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 to get going. So, so when you're refinancing and obviously rolling that money into another property, basically that's why it's tax free, correct? You're not taking that money and just putting it in your pocket to spend. Well, the reality is the banks, I mean, the bank's going to ask you what you're using it for, right? Yeah. But they're not going to come knocking down your door to figure out what you actually did with it. Uh, yeah. I, 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 I put it back into properties because I'm trying to grow my portfolio. But, right. you know, if I wanted to go to Vegas and put it on black, I could probably <laughs> do that. I could probably do that too. It wouldn't be wise to do. Yeah. <laughs> no, I would not. <laughs> so, um, so on the investment side of things too, like I said, I'm going to hit you with some questions that are just popping up top of mind. So, yeah, of course. Obviously, a lot of it's like a same trend with a lot of the guys that I've had on here. A lot of you start in kind of home flips and then you work your way into multifamily, obviously more doors, more money. So how do you initially get into multifamily business? Is that just by leveraging all that equity and it's stacking up, stacking up, and then you can afford a, let's say, what do you start? A two-door build, three-door, four-door building, and then it builds up from there, same thing? Great question. Yeah, no, that's, that's, that's a great question. So um, there are multiple ways to come up with the money. Uh, I think that what you said is probably one of the best ways. So when you take that, that refinancing money, if you want to keep, cause you can keep growing ad nauseum single families, but the reality is if you want to really grow, like, so when I started, I was like, Oh, this is great. Like I just keep buying single families over and over and over again, but there's really, there's a couple of limiting factors. The first is that you can only have 10 uh, mortgages, like conventional mortgages in your own name before you have to start doing LLC funding uh, or like commercial funding and commercial funding, the terms aren't as good. The other thing is that it's just like, you get to the point where you've done, cause I did uh, in Indiana, I have 15 units, 13 of those are single families and, and one is a duplex. So after I got up to like, you know, I did a couple where it was three single families at a time and one was four single families at a time. But at the, re- but the thing is like, after you've done so many of these deal processes, you're just like, you can't, it's hard to see yourself just over and over and over again, buying single families. So what you can do is what you said, you can take the refinance money, put it aside in a separate bank account and just start to stack that money up and eventually roll it into maybe like a six unit or a 10 unit. The other big thing with, uh, with multifamily is that, you know, people think that they can just jump right into it. You hear a lot of people on, on Instagram, like I want to do apartment buildings, want to do multifamily, but the bank's not going to give you a loan for like a million dollars to buy that big more property, unless you have really three things, you have to have like a, a lot of experience, like, like legitimate experience as an operator. Um, and it's going to be different for every bank, but you know, it's gotta be like probably like three to five years of really good experience operating, uh, in real estate. The other thing is you have to have a net worth. That's kind of like, um, it's going to be different depending on the size of the building, but you have to have a substantial net worth. You also have to have like a very long standing relationship with the bank because they want to, you know, trust you and know that you're going to partner with them. And like banks don't like one night stands. Like they want you to, you know, be in, be in a more of a relationship with them. So for me, if I hadn't met my business partner, KR, I'd still be playing in little leagues. Like I'd still be buying, you know, cause you can buy up to four units uh, and that's still considered residential. It becomes commercial once you get five and up. And so in order to get into like, so, so like I, I bought these, I went from zero to 15 units in Indiana, but last summer him and I partnered together and we bought a nine unit, a 12 unit and a 24 unit. <clears throat> Excuse me. I would not have been able to do that without partnering with him. Okay. So that's really the, the that's really the, uh, 
the benefit of having a coach who's also willing to partner with you because you can really like, you can explode from a growth perspective. <clears throat> if, you, if, you get, if you get the right person on your side. Yeah, and you're getting a lot of years knowledge worth and past past investors I've had on this show too. A lot of pretty majority of them got coaches and because you're getting so much knowledge right up front too. And it's just yeah. or they're part of groups or so on. Uh, one guy talked about uh, his name was Teo. He was on my show. He's one of the first ones I had. He was talking about the Bigger Pockets podcast and how he yep. you know, started out listening to that and kind of worked his way into you know meetings in his local area and met some people there. And it's networking. Networks your net your networks your net worth is what they say. And it's just getting mm-hmm. out, meeting people uh, constantly, and so on. Um, one thing you said, just to verify, you said you can only have up to, it's like you get buy and sell 10 properties and then you got to do a certain. No. So you can have 10 conventional mortgages in your own personal name. So a lot of, this is another like, misconception. A lot of people are like, I got to have an LLC. The reality is you don't, you don't really need to have an LLC. Uh, people tend to like overblow the risk. So, but what I do is like, I have 10 single families that are in my personal name and I have you know, hazard and property insurance on each of those houses. And then I have an umbrella insurance policy that covers everything. Yeah. Because, um, you know, when you get into, when you get into LLC lending, that's commercial. And so you don't get as good of terms. You have a, usually it's a higher interest rate. And also the the term of the, the loan is shorter. It's going to be like a 20 year. So yeah. that your monthly payments are higher. So you're so like, we're very focused on monthly cash flow. So you kind of want to max that out. Gotcha. So as far as getting cash flow, let's go back to that too. Uh, just the initial part of it. What if you have credit problems? What if you can't get a loan from a bank? What, how do you get money to, let's say, get into it and then start building a, a credit or background or get a co-signer? How do you do something like that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So there are so many different ways to... Uh, to, uh, to help boost your credit, right? You can do an, you can go on Experian.com and do an Experian boost. Um, if you have any sort of like bad, bad credit stuff on your report, you can either, you can send like a a goodwill letter to the people that have the bad, you know, the bad credit on your credit report. Um, you can also, uh, we tell people that you should pay off your credit cards aggressively. You should ask for, um, you can ask for uh, an ex- like an extension of your credit limit on your credit card because one of the big factors in your credit score is your credit utilization, which is the amount that you have outstanding divided by your total available amount. Make sure if you ask for that though that you that they're not going to do a credit pull before you do it because that will hurt your your score obviously. So there are many many things and we go over this in our course as well, like even even more than this that you can um, you can do to increase your credit score. Um, another thing is. There are, I mean, you can, something that I did when I started out was I did like private lending. You can go to family and friends who trust you and you can, you can scrape money together like that. Um, There's, I mean, if you, if you really want to find the money, the money is out there. I I understand like people that have, you know, credit issues, you got to get your credit squared away. I can't, I can't uh, credit, your credit score is like a big, big thing when you're getting into real estate. So, but it's not a death sentence. If you have a bad one, you can definitely, you can definitely jack it back up. Yeah, I love that. That's a great answer too. And then the family and friends thing too. I mean, it's it's something, you know, like there's people. People always come with come up with reasons why. But if you if there's the money's out there, like you said, yeah. definitely out there. It's just figuring out. It's the connections you can make too. If you 
you have friends or family or just meet people, get out there, start talking to them, start saying, you know, if you contribute, I think I had somebody on the, the show too that said, just meet people and show you can contribute to them, work for them free, yeah. uh, you know, kind of work for them for free for a little bit, be a part of their business, their real estate business and learn from them too. Absolutely. You know? 100%. Yeah. So like I came from a banking background and uh, when I started working with my mentor, KR, he needed help with, you know, like slide decks and things like that. So I was just like, I'll do, I'll do whatever like to learn from you. So that that's, that's huge. Like adding value to someone who you think can help you in the long run is, you know, you're doing it in a manipulative way, a manipulative way, but you're, you know, you actually want to help the person and look, the energy you put out yeah. comes back to you, whether that's, you know, uh, uh, like just, you know, helping someone or, or even a money perspective. I think a big thing that people are, are concerned about, honestly, with asking for private money is rejection. And I got rejected from a yeah. lot of people that I asked money for. But the, the, the reality is like every no is one step closer to a yes. And I think there's an awesome story about like Jeff Bezos was trying to raise a million dollars for Amazon. and He had to raise like $10,000, like a hundred times or something in order to get there. It's like something like that. It's if you want to make it, if you want to make it happen, like the, it's, it's out there for sure. And imagine those people that gave him ten thousand dollars a piece had a piece of that investment. Yeah, they are probably happy people right now. They're very happy they gave uh, Jeff yeah. some money. So. <laughs> but uh, I mean, one thing I pulled from your site, um, which I wanted to cover this too, is you said with KJ Consulting as your coach, you will learn how to leverage your resources, relationships, and hard work to acquire positive cash flowing real estate assets that will not only grow your net worth, but also grow your passive income, enabling and in to achieve financial freedom and build a legacy. Just talk about this a little bit, what you yeah. guys are doing as coaches, because it is so important. I've had guys in the business on that are doing this, but I haven't had coach people that are actually doing a coach coaching program too. So yeah. hear more about what you're doing there. Yeah, I think, um, you know, we've been talking about self-development and once you get to a point where you're uh, comfortable uh, from a financial standpoint, you realize how much not being comfortable really affects people's psyche, right? Like yeah. money, money is not the most important thing, but when you don't have enough of it, it's pretty damn important. And um, when you do have enough of it where you've you know more than hurdled your expenses and it's not really like a concern of yours, it gives you this just like, relief feeling like this really like joyous relief kind of calm feeling. And, you know, if you kind of just want to spread that feeling around. Right. Um, and so I honestly, for me, like the course kind of just sells itself because um, it's, it's, you know, you're, it's very uh, numbers based, but you're also selling like this feeling transformation, right. You're going from, I'm going to have to work in this job for another 40 years. Oh God, like this is going to suck to like, realistically you could be done by your, you know, mid forties, even earlier than that, if you, if you go after it hard. Right. So um, what we are trying to teach people is you don't want to buy, you know, a bunch of liabilities and you have to delay your gratification a little bit. Right. So like, you know, I could have been taking that money that I was saving and I could have been buying Rolexes or some dumb, you know, could have bought like, I mean, I don't need a car in Manhattan, but I could have bought in like suits that I didn't need or, you know, go on crazy extravagant vacations or, you know, lived in a, a, like a much nicer luxury apartment building. But the reality is like you do that and then you kind of put your, you set yourself up for a life where you're always kind of behind the eight ball. So what we say is, look, you bust your ass for 10 years, 
I mean, it's not going to take that long, but if you, but realistically, like if you do that for 10 years and you just buy like a property or a couple properties a year, you can set yourself up, yourself up where you're, you're totally independent. So, you know, the quick math really is if you buy uh, like the property that I started with, it was $50,000, but that, that place rents for like seven twenty five, And so I'm cash flowing like 200, $300 a month from that. And if you get enough of those, you know, you're getting a nice little paycheck every month. Like you get 10 of those, you got $2,000 coming in that, you know, it's on top of, of your, uh, your regular income. You stack that for a year and you got another down payment. You got 10, you, you know what I'm saying? So it's like, you, you got another down payment and the rehab. Mm-hmm. So people, I think nowadays there's this really big uh, influx or not influx. I think this, this happens every time the market starts to do super well, where people are like, they want the, the easy money's already been made, but they want that quick money. So like you see, you see this with, and I'm not knocking the, the original investors of the guys who like figured out that GameStop was going to do this. Like, I think those guys are geniuses. Oh, yeah. but there's a lot of people who like jumped in at the end, having no idea pretty much out of FOMO because they're just trying to make a quick buck, which look, I would love to make a quick buck too. But the reality is if you just are methodical and pragmatic and disciplined, it's really hard not to succeed with real estate if you follow the right frameworks. So that's what we try to try to teach people. Like you follow the framework that we have, you're going to be successful. What you just said right there is huge though, because you, it's, it does take time. That's the thing. And, and, and it's a grind and it's, it's not something that's just going to happen overnight because we're all sold constantly, especially with social media. You know, you scroll through that it's instant satisfaction, instant gratification, 100%. constantly sold that, constantly sold the guy sitting in his Lamborghini or leaning on a rental Lamborghini. Right <laughs> yeah, exactly. Camera, They're all rentals. You know, in Miami <laughs> and so on. And, but that's the difference between you and what you guys are doing. You're not just, you're not sitting there on, on, a, on a yacht or, you know, just trying to sell your coaching program that way and saying, we're making millions in real estate. Come join us. You'll make money overnight, blah, blah, blah. You see that so much. Uh, join me and, and people fall for it constantly because they want that. It's like you said with the GameStop thing. It's that people want that instant gratification. They, they oh, if I put twenty bucks in, maybe I'll make a quick hundred bucks. Or if I put, you know, oh, I saved up five grand. I'm gonna put all five grand in, and tomorrow I'm gonna wake up and I'm gonna have a hundred thousand dollars. You know, it's like then they wake up and it's gone. So it's 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 just you learn this, and I don't know if it can. I, I mean, I was I fell for those like not the. You know, the guy leaning on Lamborghini, but I fell for the stock market stuff, stuff like that, to where I just I thought I could make money fast and I would buy, sell, buy, sell. I mean, I sold Amazon at six hundred dollars. I should have held on to it, but I was impatient. You know, I was in my twenties investing. I didn't know long term holds all that. I just wanted money quick. Yep. So, and then when it went down, I was like, oh, you know, freaked out, pull my money out. You know, now I just sit. So it's just. It's it's like you said though. There's just people need to learn that it takes time, hard work, and a lot of dedication. That's why you don't see as many twenty year olds driving Lamborghinis as you see these older guys that are in their fifties driving them or forties now. So, uh, but those guys work their asses off to get there, and and that's the thing. I'm trying to get one while I'm in my thirties, but I'm working my ass off on top. So I'm yeah. You know, so, and, and I mean, that's, that's one of the things. And then being, being comfortable too, it's like, you know, you gotta be, 
comfortable being uncomfortable is one thing that I've kind of lived by too. And some of my mentors have actually said that too, is just being, you got to get comfortable being uncomfortable because being uncomfortable is going to put put you in situations that you're going to, you know, have to thrive to make money. And I've, I've made it more of a mission to myself of getting uncomfortable in this year and last year and just doing things that I didn't want to do before. I would never see myself doing, but that's how you get ahead. That's how you develop yeah. yourself. That's how you keep pushing forward and, yeah. and building in every aspect. Yeah. I think the really cool thing about real estate is if you stick with it long enough, you start to realize, because at first you're like, you have, so what we, you know, the way that I was thinking about it first off was, you know, I had this free cash flow number I want to make every month. And, uh, that, and then like, you know, you start to go towards it and you're not there in like the first month and you're like, Oh my God, this is going to take forever. But if you, if you stick with it long enough, you start to see changes in your personality, in your, in the way that you move, the way that you think. And then you just realize like, it's so cliched and it sounds corny, but it really is like not about reaching the goal. It's what you become while you're going after the goal. Like real estate is really, for me, it's been amazing because it, for me, one of my comfort zones has always been like, uh, uh, I always, I always used to be very non-confrontational and, you know, it was even hard for me to do calls at the beginning and like call people that were strangers. But, you know, if you face your fear, like over and over and over again, it just kind of vanishes. And then you're like, yeah. oh, like if I could do that, like what else can I do? So yeah, it's, uh, the, un- I love that it, it become comfortable being uncomfortable. It's true. Like it just, just because you feel a certain way doesn't mean you can't, you can't act. Um, and I think that's why, I mean, that's a big reason why I, I respect the guys who are in our military so much because those guys, like they're scared too. Like they're really scared of doing that shit, but they do it anyway. And it's just like, yeah, it just, you know, it's very inspirational. It shows you uh, like what's, what's pop, like what the, the mind is, is uh, capable of doing. But yeah, it's, um, it's, uh, it's been cool. So like from the, from the, from the perspective of what I was talking about with the financial freedom and everything, like my business partner, KR, he, he retired from his nine to five at, uh, at last, last August. And he was, you know, he wasn't even 40 yet. So the, the, the case study is there, like it, it works. And, um, yeah. And the other thing is that we've already had students that, that are successful. Like the, one of the guys that, that I'm coaching, he purchased uh, a four unit, uh, out in Indiana in December. And he actually closed on a package deal of five single families in one shot in, in January. Um, and KR has taught many other people before we got uh, formal, before we formalized KJ consulting. Um, I just happened to be one of his, one of his many students. So yeah, we, we just want to like, we want other people to feel the way that we feel basically and, uh, and have the opportunities that we have. So the coaching thing was kind of just like a natural extension of what we're doing. Well, it's smart. It's smart. It's a smart plan. It's smart business too, but you're doing it right. I mean, you're not just trying to sell the fakeness of, okay, you can get rich quick if you come, come to us and this and that you're, you're, you're being real. You're saying, Hey, this is going to take a lot of work on your part. We'll give you the tools. Yeah. You're going to have to put in the legwork. You know, this isn't just something that's going to happen overnight. You're going to have to utilize what we teach you. And that's normal. I mean, that's, but it's so many people expect that it's like, all right, I'm going to sign up for this program. They don't utilize, but you teach them. Everybody wants the magic pill. Yeah. And then they point, then they point at you that it's your fault because they didn't put it in the work. Yep. 
And so one of the other things that we do with our course is that we, we always, I, I've already used this phrase, but I'm going to say it again because it makes me remember, like we don't like one night stands. So what we do is we do the, our virtual, virtual bootcamp is a one day bootcamp, right? It's from 10 AM to 2 PM. The next one we have is April 17th. I don't know if this is, this may not be out by then, but uh, the, uh, the, the thing is that we don't just do that course and then just say like, goodbye. We actually check in with you once a month for the next 12 months because one thing is you're not going to embarrass us. And the second thing is that we want to make sure that you're actually, you know, living up to the goals that you that we talked about with you uh, during the course. Um, you know, cause like, I think, I think with real estate more than many other businesses, you really have to win. Everyone wins together. There's a lot of like, like teamwork really does make the dream work in real estate. So we're big on continuing to develop the talent after we, after we meet our, our students initially. Yeah. And building that right team is key in any kind of business you start to and having those, those pieces in place, which is, which is huge, but you guys are just helping, you know, the process because of your experience too. So it makes sense. I mean, if somebody wants to pay to learn instead of kind of having to read books, open up books and learn on them, say, which they're probably still going to want to do like you did yourself, you and said, I'm reading 10 pages a day. You know, I did 10 pages a day with 75 hard. I continue to do 10 pages a day because I think it's important. Um, You know, I'm doing different types of books, personal development, stuff like that. But you're always learning. You're always learning. It's always just good to keep growing, growing. You're keeping your mind working, too. And and that's the thing. You guys are teaching real estate because it's not an easy thing. It's not as it's not as easy as just buying a property and then selling it the next day for, you know, 10000 yeah. more than you paid unless you exactly. get super lucky. And that's like hitting the lotto. So, mm-hmm. yep. yeah. But, um, but you know so let's what one thing that popped in my head too and obviously the market is we were talking about this before uh the show a little bit where i'm at the market's not it's florida i mean super low inventory uh very high demand right now obviously a lot of fear of missing out is mm-hmm. kind of happening too people are chasing buying property in my opinion for just it's ridiculous amount where they can yeah build for let me being on the building end and in real estate i'm seeing i'm like you'd build for less and get what you want but you're buying that because you don't want to wait so obviously stuff like this doesn't last forever and the last person the last podcast i just launched uh her name was lisa florida she specializes in short sales foreclosures all that kind Mm -hmm. of stuff she's out in southern cal uh we were talking about you know the the downfall, the market, what's going to happen, COVID, people not paying mortgages. Mm-hmm. Where do you see your end of things going? If you own all these investment properties, is it going to benefit you if things go down uh, hill as far as real estate? Mm-hmm. Obviously, a pullback's coming. What goes up must come down. It can't go up forever. It can't sustain uh, this. Uh, pullbacks are healthy. Do you mm-hmm. see that happening what happens to somebody like you with multifamily Uh, what happens to these investors you're training and teaching like how do you recover let's let's go into that yeah no it's a great question i think it's a big uh thing that especially for first-time investors it's always comes up like because that's one of their fears too sorry to cut you off because it's always of what um 
you know, what's coming? Like, what if I get burnt? You know, I put money yeah. in property now, but the market's hot. Why, why should I just wait? You right. Know? So, yeah, exactly. So the way that we think about it, we, we love to use analogies, right? So um, if you're a really good fisherman, you're going to be able to find fish regardless of whether there's a big school of fish or there's, you know, a couple of fish in the pond somewhere. Like you're going to know where to find those fish. And another thing that we do that we really focus on is that we buy distressed assets with a margin of safety. So we have a very, like, it's more art than science, but we have a framework that we follow. And if something doesn't fit the framework, we're not going to go after it. You have to, you really have to like, some people fall in love with like sexy properties. We fall in love with sexy numbers. Okay. And so, and so if it's like a deal that, you know, clearly the market has, you know, taken something out, out of control, like we just say, no, we're good. So we don't really, I try not to worry about market fluctuations. Like I work in the stock market. The thing is like, you cannot predict what the market's going to do. I mean, you can, you can say like, you know, things kind of look overvalued right now, or things kind of look undervalued right now, or things are kind of in the middle of the, the historical norms. But the reality is like, if you, if someone tells you they know what the market's going to do, they're either lying or they just don't know what they're talking about. So I try not to predict that stuff. We try to control the things that we have control over, which are your entry. That's why I love real estate, right? Cause if you're buying a stock, like you don't have much control over it. Real estate, you have a ton of control. You, you control your entry price and your exit price. You can control the, 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 the rev, the income of the, of the asset and you control the expenses of the asset. Um, and you know, and through your relationships, you have so, like a certain level of control over your uh, financing as well. So look, I think uh, people that are you know concerned about a downturn are a lot of people honestly make excuses about why they don't want to get into it because they're, they're worried in general. Um, I have friends that, you know, or people that I know that have, you know, wanted to get into real estate for many, many years and they just have never pulled the trigger. And there's, there's always going to be a reason why it's like, Oh, I just had a kid. Oh, I'm working on a, a rehab in my, my, my personal home. Or, you know, I, you know, the bonus might not be that good this year, or you know, there's always a reason why, you know, you have to flip the switch and say like, what, why do I want to do it? Like, do you have a strong enough why to make you do it regardless? And then do you have the right coach to tell you like, this is a good deal or you should stay away from this. So I, I think it's, um, you know, it's more, a, it's more of a, a, like a mindset thing than an actual, like worrying about what the market's going to do. So are you guys judging deals for people? Basically they're sending you guys deals. That's part of your coaching. You're saying, uh, the yeah. So, yeah. So if like, if part of the check, part of our you know monthly check-in is like, you know, how are you doing? Like you're looking at deals and like, we'll help, we'll help them. If they have a deal on their plate, we can say like, or even if they're looking at a certain market and they don't know, um, or if they're trying to build a team, we'll be like, you know, we can leverage our, our uh, realtor referral program, um, or we can, you know, give you the introduction to our property managers. Um, but yeah, we're, we're going to help them on those, on those monthly check-in calls if they have a deal that they're looking at. So one of our students from our, we had a, the most recent boot camp was in, I was on February 20th and, one of the students already is under contract on a, on, on a rental. So uh, down in Georgia. So I think it's more of, uh, you know, you got to make a decision whether or not you want to, you really want to do this. And if you decide that you're going to do it, you're going to find like you, you can find a deal pretty much in any market. Are you targeting more with your, with your students? Are you targeting more annual rental income properties or vacation rental income properties? Cause where I'm at, obviously it's a ton of vacation rentals, but yeah. 
you see if the market pulls back, I don't see vacation rentals producing on a weekly basis. <laughs> the annual rentals, yeah, know, people are going to need a place to go. So, so, so we, yeah, we, we always say like riches are in the niches, right? And our, our niche is uh, right now is, you know, re- residential rental real estate. Um, I think that there are probably people that are very cut out for, uh, for vacation homes, but I always say like, I got into real estate to work less, not work more. And I think that when you have that much turnover in a vacation yeah. rental, it just becomes like a ton of work. And like you said, you have a much bigger, um, you, you have, vacancy becomes much more of a, an issue. Um, and so that's why we gear, we're geared more towards single, like our boot camp is geared towards getting you into like residential single family, which is one to four units. And then we're actually working on, uh, we're going to have in May would be a mastermind course, which is going to be three months. That'll be much more like intimate, like a smaller group, but, uh, that'll be focused on, on multifamily residential. So yeah, it's, uh, look, you're, you're a develop, you're a developer and I'm sure you make great money doing that. I, I don't know how to do that. So I'm not going to coach people how to do it. So that's what we, we, we stick to what we know. Yeah. And, and what you're saying though, too, you know, like why work harder? Cause it is true. Like vacation rentals require you to either, if you want to do it yourself, God bless you. I mean, I almost got into the vacation. I was thinking about it. And then I saw what it entails and how much you got to deal with people 24 yeah. hours a day. You know, you're a hotel concierge basically is what yeah, you're doing with that. Uh, versus an annual rental, you got your annual tenant. Yeah, you got to, I mean, it'd be nice to find a good tenant that's going to obviously take care of the property and so on too, because you want that and not going to trash it. Um, you know, that's one of the things you got to look out for. Let's go there. What do you look out for? Like, how do you deal with your rental side of things? We're getting to the end here, um, before I get into some personal stuff, but how do you maintain what you have as far as how do you know Mm -hmm. that they're not trashing your properties or they're, you know, somebody's in there having a crack party or something like that. (laughs) So That's, that's super important. So when I started in Indiana, we didn't have any footprint out there. So I interviewed every single property manager in town over the phone. We have like a proprietary list of questions that we, that we give our students in order to, to interview property managers. And then I actually traveled out there. Um, I was going out there about once a month, the first year I started. And then I tapered to, uh, so I fly into Indy and then drive to the town. And then I, uh, I was doing that maybe like every two or three months, second year. And now I go, you know, once every four or five months. But the reality is like, I interviewed every property manager and then I went out there and interviewed in person, the guy that I pretty much was pretty sure I was going to go with. And they've become like an incredibly trusted partner. And the cool thing about him is that they have an in-house contractor. So they, they do a uh, project oversight for us. And they also, he's also an investor himself. Oh. So you know, I get a ton of off-market deals from them. And I also, you know, know it's someone who is not like, they're, they're coming at it from an investor mindset. So like they're checking in with it. They're, they're, make sure, they're making sure that they're screening the tenants the right way that, you know, they would want to have that person in their rental. Um, they're also, you know, going, they're doing uh, bi-monthly or by bi, sorry, bi-annual uh, check-ins where they're actually you know, doing a walkthrough to make sure they're not trashing the place. But um, yeah, I think it's really important to have that mindset. And then in the Philadelphia area, KR actually built his own property management company from scratch. So we have that, we have boots on the ground that are checking. And in Philadelphia, we actually do in-person, in your current home interviews 
with the tenants before we ever let you uh, interview. And we don't meet you at Starbucks. It's like, you're, we're going to, we want to see how you live in your place because we're not going to rent to you if it's a, if it's a, if it's a shit show inside your apartment, like you mentioned earlier. So yeah, I mean, placing tenants is incredibly important and you want to, you know, like you said, you want to protect your assets. So we're big on that. So what are you paying? I'm trying to, I'm, I'm, I keep thinking of stuff too, but I'm trying to save stuff too. So people will buy your program. <laughs> yeah. Cause I mean, uh, you know, no, no. Knowledge, man. and, and, as far as like paying a property manager though, that's probably some, a question that would some come to some, I know on average on a vacation rental, they're paying them like 20% on yeah. average or whatever. What do you pay as far as national? You? Yeah. Nationally, it's more like 10 okay. for, uh, for, for, for regular rental. Um, and uh, we obviously do much better than that in the Philadelphia area because we, it's in house. And uh, like I always say, everything's negotiable. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's any. But uh, you can use you can kind of use ten as a as a benchmark. Yeah, and the more you take on, the more that property company or the more that company manages too. I'm sure the number will go down a little bit too, giving them more action. So it makes sense too. I, I mean, it, it's far as and let's go into this a little bit, then we'll get into personal stuff too. Um, what about buying an investment property? What are some things you're looking for, uh, you know, right now? Obviously, at the beginning, you talked about that, but investing in something that's not all, you know, a complete gut job. But what about mm-hmm. now? What are you looking at? Right now, I'm just trying to get bigger. So the last one that uh, KR and I bought was a 24 unit. Next one we want to do is I want it to be bigger than that. And I want to keep uh, keep scaling up. So we... In the apartment space, we still buy distressed assets. Um, and yeah, like there's going to be, if it's a distressed asset, it's been mismanaged. You're going to have deferred maintenance. You're going to have to do, um, you know, things to decrease operating expenses. So like we, we'd like to find places that have like really inflated uh, expense lines. If you think about it, it's almost like a private equity shop for, for real estate. So one of the things we do is we go in and we change all the, all the faucets, all the toilets, all the shower heads to be water sense that cuts the water bill. We put in all led lights to kill the electric bill. Um, and then, you know, if it, typically in a place that's been mismanaged, the rents are below market because they've gotten comfortable getting these checks coming in and they're not trying to kind of rock the boat with the tenants, but we go in and we, we get rents up to market. It's very like contact sport the way that we the way that we approach it. So yeah, I, I would say you know the next thing we're trying to do is just like a, a bigger bigger apartment deal. But we we really focus on you know trying to get our students, especially first time students, to focus on the easy breezy cover girl like one to four unit residential properties because I think it's better to learn in a non stressful way yeah. um, so that and the most simple way possible. That's kind of the way that we think. I highly agree. You can't just be thrown into a 40 something unit property, not knowing any, you know, what to do. Mm -hmm. I mean, so say they go in for a four unit, how do they know? So you connect them with a real estate professional, basically that the property is for sale. Are they going back door basically and saying, Hey, or would you sell me your property? How are you getting these assets, finding them? Are they looking online? Where, Where can people go locate stuff? or they, they got to locate through you or how do you, how do you work? With yeah. That? Great question. Um, I mean, there's there, we say that we accept blessings from all of, from all, from all directions. So you can, I mean, I found great deals on uh, Zillow, Trulia. Uh, I've used auction.com, which is foreclosed properties. Um, we do off market deals uh, pretty much like, uh, like I've gotten, I, I bought a house off my contractor. I bought a house off 
my, uh, he wholesaled that to me. I bought, a, I bought houses off of, uh, my property manager. So really it's like, you want to, you want to work every funnel possible for, from, from like a student's perspective, we would try, we would expect that they would try to do the same thing. But to your point, we do, uh, one of the big things, one of the big benefits of the boot camp is that they get access to our networks. So all of a sudden they're getting deal flow. Like they're saying like, you know, is anyone interested in this? Are you interested in that? Um, this or that deal. So that's, um, I think that's part of the, uh, a huge part of the value add, honestly, is the fact that you touch, cause like for real estate, it's really like, we talk about the three R's it's uh, a reputation, track record and relationships. Yeah. And like relationships are, are huge, right? Like I think the last, I think two, the last nine units I bought in Indiana have all been off market. Oh, wow. Yeah. But I mean, that's not to say that you can't find a great deal. Like my business partner, KR, purchased five single families in uh, Harrisburg, Pennsylvania that were on, like literally connected to each other. Uh, and he found it on the MLS and it was like an, like a home run deal. So if you, if you are keen and, and you know what to look for, the deals are out there. You just have to have, you got to be tenacious and you got to, you got to look. Yeah. Knowledge to and learn and learn from people like yourself too. It's just, it's key in any business, anything yeah. to just got to learn. And then so it, personal experience, obviously too, like you said, and getting out there and doing it instead of just talking about it. That's key too. Yeah. Taking action. Yeah. I mean, we can go on for hours. So people are going to have to connect with you to find out more on this one, or I'll have to bring you on at, at some point. <laughs> okay. Yeah. But, um, I want to get into some personal stuff because I know you got to go. Um, what about you personally? I always ask this question, you know, what lessons have you learned through, throughout your journey that we could all apply to our own business, our own selves that can help us grow? I think uh, people are there. I think people are capable of a lot more than they, than they, than they realize. Like, I don't want to get like too, too spiritual here, but I kind of I'm believe good. that. I, I believe that um, there's like, an, uh, like, a, like a global, like a universal intelligence, right? That we can all really tap into if we kind of like quiet our minds down and like the answers will come to you. Um, but you have to like work really hard to get there. And like, if you listen, if you read about any of the greatest inventors or any of the, the greatest leaders, like basically what they were able to do was just have a goal visualize the goal, believe, like really, really believe. Like I, the way that I describe it is like, you have to have the belief in yourself the same way you believe the sun's going to come up in the morning. And if you can get to that point, you really can start doing things that you're just like, holy shit, I didn't think I could do that. And then, and then, and then like, you're like, well, what else can I do? So what I would say is start to, uh, if you want to get started, start working on yourself first, instead of focusing on the business. Like, start, start thinking like, what's my self-talk? Like, what do I, how, how do I talk to myself in my mind on a day-to-day -day basis? And one of the big things that I do is like, I have mantras that I say like every morning when I wake up every night before I go to sleep. And, uh, you know, it takes a while for them to kick in. So it's not something where it's going to happen overnight, but if you stick with stuff like this and you really have that vision and you hold it steadily in your mind, like things are going to start happening where you're just going to be like, is this real? Like, is this really happening right now? So I would just say so belief in yourself is incredibly, incredibly important. I love that answer. I mean, cause it's the first, the first major thing 
too, is it does start with yourself, working on yourself, getting yourself in, in line and your focus and everything like that too is so key. So what you said right there, but the rest too is, I mean, law of attraction. I'm a big believer in that too. What you think can come true as long as you feel it too. I mean, just sitting here, I just got chills just sitting here, three private, you know, three private planes just flew over right here. And I looked up at one time during this too, you'll probably see it on YouTube when I launch it because a plane flew over and I'm like, yeah, one day, because that's always in my vision when I visualize. And, you know, maybe it's something with me and you, something, I don't know, but it's like, um, you know, maybe I get into real estate with you one day or something like that. I mean, it's yeah. like those connections though, you know, that you make, you just never know, but you visualize these things and you, if you have a feeling behind it, that mm. it is true and it is reality, it's, it's crazy how the mind yep. works and how much it can come true. So what you said, I mean, it's, it's, it's not just something spiritual. It is true, man. That's the truth. And everything you really visualize will come true with hard work, obviously. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. People don't realize how powerful their minds are. Oh yeah. Everything you see around you, like every building all started as an idea in someone's mind and they, they turned it into a reality because they really believe they could. So yeah. yeah. Have you ever read Neville Goddard? No, no. What, I'll send you some. I'll send you some stuff offline, but I think you. Yeah, really, yeah. Send that to me for sure. Yeah. For sure, I'm big into uh, law of attractions. I'm a big believer in it. Uh, you know, the work you put into something. I talk about it on the show. To um, obviously, you'll get out of life is what you put into it. But I mean, I'm big into visualizing. And you just really got to get a feeling of that it is there and it does come true too. And, and it will, I mean, it's powerful, man. Yeah. What you said is powerful. So uh, that was awesome right there. Uh, another question I always ask every guest too, is I ask about your past. Let's hear about your future. So where will we see Joe Mears in five, 10, 15 years from now? Who will you? I, know, I, I might be on a beach somewhere. In five years. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, um, I've always trying to find like a new thing to get into. So like after I graduated from college, I, so I, I boxed in college. Like I never boxed before. After I graduated from college, I couldn't really box anymore. So I got into salsa dancing, did that for a while. Uh, I do, I actually do personal training on the side as well. So um, I'm very into like pushing my, pushing my body to the limit. Obviously you are as well. You did hard 75. And I, I think you said you were a former college athlete, which is awesome. So I do, uh, I do run marathons and I've done a couple of Ironmans and I'm actually running a, a 50 mile race in May. So I'm always kind of just like trying to see like, how can I, how can I push myself in different ways? Um, but I'm really looking forward to having like real financial freedom, leaving my nine to five, hopefully within the, in the next five years and um, you know, building out KJ consulting into more of like a, like a lifestyle thing. I think it's um real estate's cool because you do have to have like a certain mindset and you can kind of like branch out of it into other things. So I kind of taken like a holistic approach, like mental, spiritual and financial fitness. So I, I, I would love in five years for what KJ consulting is to be more than just a, a real estate coaching brand. There are so many aspects in real estate. You are right that you can go. There are so many different avenues. I should say it's, it's crazy. Like with the, and that's what happened with me on the building. And obviously I'm a, I, I'm a real estate broker too. So I buy, I sell real estate for people. And then also 
build houses and then also do home watch, then also do, you know, and there's so many avenues you can go with it and, and start companies and businesses. And so, I mean, what you're doing is helping people get started. So, I, I mean, I, I could definitely appreciate what you're doing, man. Thanks, man. Uh, I have no, no doubt uh, that you guys are going to blow up too. Cause I, I can do, you can just sense too, like me talking to you and everything. There goes another plane. Uh, me talking to you. <laughs> Um, me talking to you right now, though, you can just sense like you're, you're out to help people. You're just not out just to sell people. That's, that's the major difference with you too. Uh, because there's so many people just trying to make a quick buck and especially mm -hmm. like in coaching and everything too. They, and I mean, how many coaches do you see online now that, you know, like 20 something year old kid saying he's a coach, like, what have you been through in life? You know, to be yeah. able to go, you haven't yeah. been through anything. Like, <laughs> it's like, but you see it all the time. And yeah. then you post it up in front of the Lamborghini and, you know, so. Yeah, it's crazy. So anyway, but last question, this is what the show is all about. What exactly do people need to look for when investing in real estate and why choose Joe Mears and KJ Consulting as their coach? Yeah, you want to look for an, an undervalued asset that has monthly cash flow. And uh, the way you do that is you analyze the numbers. Like you look at the real numbers. You don't make up numbers. You don't like we, we always uh, like expect the worst or like prepare for the worst, hope for the best. So you want to put in like actual numbers that have already been occurring at the property, see what the numbers look like. And if that fits your criteria, then go for it. Um, but like I said, it all, it all starts with um, it all starts with your own with your own mindset and in terms of like why you should work with us, I think that the the background story is the reason why, right? So like my business partner, KR, uh, is just like an incredibly inspirational person. But he built, he, he really methodically built out a portfolio of over 100 rental units, right? But what happens is that when you get that experience, if you're smart, you can condense it. So I was able to go from zero to 60 units in less than two years. And now we're packaging this course so that you can do the same thing if you want to by working with us. So we're basically, you know, we're showing you the framework and uh, we're really simplifying it. We are very big into KISS, keep it simple, smart. And uh, this is really for anyone that, that wants to achieve financial independence. So we're, we would love to have you guys work with us. Love it, man. Yeah, it's been awesome. And um, you can, uh, I just want to say like, if, if you are, if they are interested, they can find us at, KJ Consulting uh, on Instagram as K-A-Y-J-A-Y-C-O-N-S-U-L-T-I-N-G. And then uh, our website is linked in our bio on IG, but the website is kjconsulting.net. Yeah, that's what I was just going to ask you too. So as far as your course and everything, obviously they can go there to sign up. Mm -hmm. uh, any kind of cost you want to give or any kind of background on it? Um, oh, for sure. Yeah, so the normal price is four forty nine. Uh, we're doing a special for three forty nine right now. Um, yeah, and it's we also do, we also do yearly or however. That's, so so the boot camp itself is one day, right? It's uh, from ten a.m. to two p.m. on April seventeenth. Probably we may do another one this year. I'm not sure yet. Uh, and then you get monthly check in calls every month for a year, like you mentioned, or monthly. Sorry, we will reach out to you through email monthly. Uh, you have questions, you can bounce them back off of us. And then we also give you access to our uh, real estate networks. And on the day of the bootcamp itself, what we're going to do is we're going to go through the fundamentals of real estate investing, including like key terms, key ratios, 
uh, key team members that you need to have and the key questions you want to be asking these team members. And you're going to get a PDF with all that information on it. Then we're going to go through how to analyze a market, how to analyze the neighborhood within the market, and then how to analyze a specific property. And we have an analyzer spreadsheet that has all the metrics that we use and like where to find those metrics online. Uh, and then within the specific property, we're going to give you like the, the key hurdles that you want to be hitting. So like, okay, this is a good, this is probably a good investment. I'm going to go after this one. Um, that's our framework. And then you're going to access to our networks, as I mentioned, and access to us. And we're going to tell you about, you know, more war stories and like, you know, like success stories that we've had um, over the last uh, 12 plus years of investing in real estate. Love it, man. Yeah, that's awesome. Definitely uh, send me that link too. I'll definitely share it. I appreciate uh, that. We're going to get some access to you as well. Uh, social media uh, handles. What's your social media where they can find yeah, it? So, yeah. So on Instagram, it's at K-A-Y-J-A-Y-C-O-N-S-U-L-T-I-N-G at KJ Consulting. Okay. And then if you go to the Instagram page, our website is the link in our bio. But the if you just want to go straight to the website, Go to the Instagram and find the website. It's better off. Just follow us. Like we're always dropping knowledge. We have Monday motivational videos. We have Tuesday quick tips. We have workout Wednesday where I've shown you guys like different workouts that I do. We have financial literacy Fridays and we're posting like motivational quotes and motivational uh, passages from books that, I, that I've read uh, every single day. So, and then we have pop quizzes every day too, where you're actually learning about real estate within the, within the page. And we try to keep it fun. We have a, 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 every lot, we go live every Tuesday at noon as well. So there's a lot of knowledge being dropped and uh, yes, yeah, we try to have fun with it. Cool, man. Appreciate it. Yeah. I appreciate you coming on today. This has been awesome. Like, Thank you so much for having me. Yeah. It's been, it's been fun. I, it, you can kind of, I can kind of tell like right off the bat that we were going to click. So yeah, it's been a, it's been a fun, uh, a fun time. Oh, it makes it easier that way. Yeah, these oh. shows too. It's just makes the conversation easier. I get, like I said, I can roll on for another week. This show <laughs> for like three hours, brother, but yeah. yeah, no, it's been good, man. I appreciate it. Um, definitely, uh, go check joe out whoever's listening to this uh, i got a lot of variety of different listeners on my show so definitely sign up for his course too he's a real deal uh, i'll share a link to that as well so everybody listening i appreciate you all as usual i only ask for one thing five stars only obviously on <laughs> itunes like subscribe on youtube i appreciate everybody that listens and i'll see you guys on the next episode thanks guys Thank you so much for listening to this episode of The Real Build. And guys, if you would just take a little bit of your time to write a review below, I'd really appreciate it. It doesn't take long. Obviously, reviews are going to make this show be heard by more people. And that's what we need. We need to get this out there. So please write a review, share it with your friends and family. And thank you so much for everybody that's listening. And I'll see you guys on the next episode.